Welcome. I'm Sebastian Mafud, and you're listening to WCAT Radio, the on-air wing of En Route Books and Media, bringing you the dulcet sounds of Catholic wisdom. This is Rhonda's Radio Journal, Rhonda Chervin's Radio Journal, and it's a, from time to time. Um, I tell you about insights that I've had during the week and or during the month or whenever because I'm um, 82 and I don't necessarily have a whole book full of insights every week, so I decided to make it whenever. And welcome to you. And I hope that my prayer is the following. Dear God, we all want to grow in holiness because we want to be closer to you, closer and closer in preparation for a heaven of closeness with you, dear Jesus. So you sent your Holy Spirit to teach us. And as I share these teachings, please make sure that they help me and also my listeners. Amen. Uh, So one of the things that... um, I'm finding in my older age of 82 years old and following is people send me things that I wrote years ago and say, oh, I saw this somewhere and it was so wonderful and, you know, it helped me in my life and I've forgotten it long ago. So I had this prayer. I was giving a talk at the Hebrew Catholic Association meeting years and years ago And I'm a convert from an atheist Jewish background, and I started the talk with this prayer, which they've transcribed in the recording of the conference and someone listened to recently, and it still seems very good to me. So that opening prayer was, Yeshua, Messiah, coming for your people now as then, as we join in small and large meetings, We Jews who have let you find us want to sing our fulfillment song to 21st century Jews. Help us to teach this song also to our non-Jewish brothers and sisters in your church so that Jews may hear this melody from their lips too and take hope. Our Lady of Zion and your entourage of Hebrew Catholic saints Lead our chorus in a Magnificat to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So reading this again after so many years, I realized that we Jewish Jews who became Catholics, who still identify ourselves as Jewish because Jesus was the Jewish Messiah, and we were brought, we were born into a Jewish cultural background, if not a religious background in my case. But that we have a special song to sing to other Jews and to non-Jews, Jewish, non-Jewish Christians. That there's a special flavor to the way we talk coming out of that background that, um, resonates in a fresh way. And what I'm finding in my old age going around giving little talks locally, I'm presently living in Hot Springs, Arkansas, uh, so I try not to go out of state because it's too tiring. But uh, within the state, I'm finding that all of us um, 
all of us in the church at this time where there's a lot of uh, crisis in the church, we need different voices, different ways of talking about the great truths of our faith in order to be encouraged and go forward. So, now here's a different insight, but it also involves the later years. Of this. It's coming to me in terms of the later years of life. There's all these things, of all these steps to unholiness, and um, John of the Cross especially is famous for an old, old formulation where you go from the purgative way, which is suffering for all your sins, and then you go to the illuminative way where you're um, getting all these beautiful insights, and then to the unitive way where God, you let God live in you in such a way that you and God are one, and that's called the unitive way. Um, now, some of these steps demand our own desire. We have to desire to grow in order to experience some of these things. On the other hand, there's such a thing as the passive purification of sufferings, where what the, whatever suffering God allows for you in life, God uses these to purify you of different if not sins, defects, and character that still remain with you. And in old age, I find that um, just accepting certain sufferings that come with old age, especially physical ones, that tr accepting them trustingly and not fearing them, but as much as we can avoid fearing them, but just to believe that God will purify me of different things through those sufferings, that this fits with what I've seen in other older, other Catholic leaders of the past, where sometimes some of these Catholic leaders seem to me very admirable because they have beautiful insights, but they didn't seem to me like the way I would think a saint, they did things that a saint wouldn't do or said things I didn't think a saint would do and I would feel disappointed. But then at the end of their lives when they had to go through a whole bunch of these purifying sufferings, physical sufferings, they became like the saints who they loved so much. They became that way through their trust in God and joy in God as they were going through these sufferings. So Jesus seemed to be telling me through, the, through remembering these other people not to be so afraid of um, suffering, thinking that I can't stand it, instead thinking, well, if you just, if you say, Jesus, I accept your permissive will in allowing these sufferings for me at this time of life, you will, it will help me to become the holy person I've always wanted to be. Okay. Now, then, here's another one. Um, insight. This is not from me, but from my grandson. My grandson is a convert from an atheist background, not Jewish, but atheist. And 
he's a strong, strong, ardent Catholic, young Catholic. And I was talking about how, um, you know, um, how annoying we are to other people. And he said something I had never thought of. He said, not all times when you're annoying to people is it your fault. It could be they shouldn't be annoyed, but they're annoyed. So you can't just make annoyances equal I'm annoying because I have this defect or that defect. Sometimes people are annoyed because of their own defects, which clash with your defects or whatever. So that was just an interesting thing to think about. Um, another one was this. How I, I'm very fond of, I don't like a lot of Carl Jung at all of his whole philosophy and psychology, but I like certain things very much and find them very insightful. And one of these is he's always talking about how every virtue has a shadow side. So, so for instance, um, being a good speaker, as I'm been told I am, the shadow side is I talk too much. So, so um, I was thinking about this thing and also this whole principle and also thinking if everything good has a shadow, some bad things have a funny side. So, for instance, the fact that I was brought up by people who saw life as very dramatic and I became, you know, like uh, I admired drama queens in movies and things like that, especially Scarlett O'Hara and types like this. And that just the same... Life, even though being a drama queen is certainly bad, the funny side of being dramatic is that life sometimes is very dramatic. So meditating, for instance, on Joseph's dream to take the pregnant Mary as his wife, even though he had no, you know, he couldn't understand it, of course. And that's a very, very dramatic thing. And um, one thing about drama that, uh, or drama that Jesus said to me a long time ago, which I find fascinating and helpful, is he seemed to say to me, you know, Rhonda, you love creating things like books and speeches and classes. I like creating too. Let me create you as a saint. And please let me do it. <laughs> So what letting him do it mean is part of this passive purification, letting him use the incidents in my life, even very painful ones, to bring me closer to who he wants me to be. Now, some other few things are, um, I've been watching um, the, the adoration on live stream TV particularly um, Marytown. Marytown has, Marytown in Chicago has an online adoration that's live where you see the people coming to their chapels. And one of the things I saw a few times that I've seen before when I've been in parishes that are primarily Latino is people walking on their knees through the church 
Um, it's sometimes called crawling the stations of the cross, but um, it's a Latino custom to do that, to pray, to keep going on your knees all around the church, uh, looking at the stations and so forth. And um, so I had a big experience of this years ago, of seeing this for the first time, at the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe, and it was, oh, about 30 years ago that I went to this shrine and I saw all these people going on this long, long cobblestone cobblestone piazza up toward the shrine. And they were all on their knees. And I looked at this and I thought, maybe Mexicans have stronger skin than I have. (laughs) I could never do such a thing. What are they doing? And then... This uh, this Anglo woman, um, youngish, very pale skinned, <laughs> in a per- permanent way, very nicely dressed. She gets out of a taxi cab and starts doing this on her knees. So I said, "Well, okay, if she can do it, I can do it." And even though it was hard to do and painful, it felt very meaningful. I used that that while I was doing, crawling on my knees, as it were, up to the shrine, praying for everyone in my whole life, everyone I'd ever met, everyone I would meet in the future. It seemed to bear great fruit, especially in teaching. And so in I was in a parish. In My daughter was living in a town called Morganton, North Carolina. And there's a parish that has Oh, about a third of the parish of Guatemalans who came to work in a factory there years and years ago. And at the uh, the good at the vigil, the Easter vigil masses, um, Good Friday, on um, Good Friday, they're all all of them were in the parish hall hearing the readings in Spanish instead of in English. So then we come to the part where you venerate the cross, you leave your pew and kiss the cross. And here are all of them. They're crawling, they're crawling on their knees. They're on their knees, walking on their knees all the way from the parish hall up to that cross and venerating it. So I found that so amazing. And uh, kind of there's a tendency in some Anglo, um, some Anglo devout Catholics to feel superior in certain ways to Latinos, maybe more educated or this or that. So we, we had to sit there. The mass was delayed by at least a half hour because of them doing this marvelous uh, holy thing. Uh, so that made me smile, let's say. Anyway, um, another one was, another idea I wanted to share was how I was thinking that Jesus was saying this to me. Um, That I tend to want to win love of other humans by earning it, but my cat didn't earn my love. And isn't it better if 
people around me, especially my granddaughter who I'm living with, that she loves me because she is kind, not because she admires me so much, even though she does in certain ways, but because she's so kind. And that's more important than trying to earn her love. I should feel secure living with her in my old age because she's kind. And one day I won't be able to, quote, earn her love by doing little helpful things. I'll only be being helped. And isn't that better? And that's a sort of foretaste of heaven where we're not going to be, once we're in heaven, we won't be earning merit, but we'll be just receiving the love of God. Uh, So those are some of my thoughts for this week. And... As well, I want to add a few more from, I have a list I've been keeping for a long time of little one-liners to help me through the day, many of them given to me by spiritual directors. So one of them that I like is the spiritual director said to me very simply, see grace in others. See, sometimes we're not so attuned to that. To just see this goodness in other people. Um, another one is don't do anything you don't have to do so as to be more peaceful. When many of us have this, when we pile up a little too much in, in the day, we get very agitated. And there's no reason for that. I'm not talking about. Uh, at moral obligations. I'm talking about a little agenda you put. These are all the things I want to get done this week or this day. And we build up too many so that we get agitated. And another one is, that another spiritual director said, is what is God trying to reveal to you this moment? Not deep. You know, so I, if I ask myself that, Every every few days I read this whole list and remember try to remember these wonderful this, these wonderful advice. Um, so what is God trying to reveal to me this moment? For instance, if I feel a lot better just because I ate a, I just ate a meal, I shouldn't be thinking that I'm you know going downhill a mile a minute when I'm just hungry, <laughs> so God could be revealing that to me. That there's some of these things that I see as problems have easy solutions. Okay. With regard to the crisis in the church at this time, one of my spiritual directors said, look, you're 82. Why don't you prepare for heaven and trust only in God the Father, don't try to figure out this whole crisis. Um, okay. So, that's all I want to say today. And that's it from Rhonda Churvin's journal. And I got a lot just out of repeating all these things to myself. So I hope you got something out of it too. God bless you all. We hope you enjoyed the program and will join us back for another show 
on WCAT Radio. This is Sebastian Mafud. Good day.